Hi, everybody. This is Scott Levin, Chief Peacekeeper, uh, family law attorney and mediator. And I'm here today uh, with Lori Itkin. Lori, thank you so much for being here with us. So happy to be here, Scott. Good. Lori, can you introduce yourself for our, for our viewers real quick? Sure. Uh, so I am a certified divorce financial analyst, also known as a CDFA. And that is a professional that has received and continues to receive each year uh, training in the financial and tax aspects of divorce. In my practice, I work mostly with mediators, um, either as a neutral to both parties or occasionally I'm an advocate to one party. Um, and I also can be helpful as a financial expert in a litigated case where uh, the attorney for one spouse needs some financial analysis and support. And beyond that, I'm also a wealth manager, a financial advisor. So sometimes um, if I've worked with an individual during the divorce and there's no conflict of interest, I may be asked uh, to manage their investment assets going uh, forward after the divorce is final. But of course, we wanna make sure there's no conflict, especially if I've been as a neutral to both parties. And before we get into our conversation today, what, what's the best, what, where, what's your website so that people can ping you and contact you that way? that way? Easy, I'm the options lady. And the website is theoptionslady.com. That's how you can reach me. You know what's interesting? You know when someone's good, when your friends want to introduce you to somebody. So I had like six, seven people uh, say, hey, do you know Lori Itkin? You have to meet Lori Itkin. You need to meet Lori Itkin. Uh, and I'm not exaggerating. Literally, I had so many people say when they find out what I do, do you know Lori? Because she's that good at what she does. So um, today we actually thought that we would attempt to have kind of a complicated or not necessarily a complicated uh, uh, discussion, but kind of an introduction uh, to a topic that can be fairly complex. And that's really employer provided benefits, such as uh, restricted stock units, they're called RSUs, um, or stock option plans. And for anyone uh, working at, uh, you know, Qualcomm or any of, you know, those type of companies, RSUs and stock options are a huge part of compensation. Now, in, in the divorce world, they add a lot of complexity. Um, Lori, I wrote down a series of questions. I thought that I would just run through these real quick because I didn't want to miss anything, kind of introducing the topic. And then I'll let you kind of fill in and we'll, we'll talk back and forth. But um, here are the questions. And these and RSUs and stock options are, as a mediator, um, you know, it's almost in every case that I do. Um, so it's a, big, it's a big part of the practice. Um, and Lori is someone that absolutely uh, helps uh, my clients and clients of mediators throughout you know, California, really. Um, so here's some of the questions. Is this property subject to division as an asset or is it income that will be counted for our child or and or spousal support? Uh, what portion is separate property versus community property? Taxes can make up a huge part of the RSUs. I, every client that has an RSU says they're taxed at half at 50%. So when given that they're being taxed at 35 to 50% of the value, how, do, how is that addressed when we're trying to separate them? Um, how does the non-employee former spouse 
ensure that he or she gets his or her share of the RSUs or stock options over the coming years when they aren't yet vested. So sometimes the RSUs will, will you, there'll be a right to them now, but you can't, they're not yet vested so that years from now, uh, the employee spouse will have to like notify the, the, the other person essentially. Um, uh, let's see. How do you deal with how do you deal with the valuation when the company isn't even publicly traded? Um, anyway, so these are some of the questions I get, Lori. Can you maybe jump in and give us your 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 expertise? Yeah. So let's set the stage, Scott. Let's say it's a couple in mediation, and let's say they they want to work um, continuing to work on a neutral basis with the CDFA, just like they're working with you as a new on a neutral basis as a mediator, and uh, as you mentioned, companies like Qualcomm in San Diego, we've got Qualcomm, Bioset, uh, Illumina. Uh, throughout California, we have Google, we have Facebook. Any high-tech company, you go in Silicon Valley, San Francisco, I mean, many people, managers, engineers, directors, you name it, um, much of their compensation is not just salary. It's often restricted stock units, less often uh, stock options. So let's just talk about the basic. If you are married to somebody who gets RSUs for restricted stock units, I assure you, they know how much they're getting. I assure you, they are checking their E-Trade or their Morgan Stanley or their Merrill Lynch, their Fidelity. They, are, they know when these things are going to come. They know when they're going to invest. So they're typically provided every year and they're really a part of your compensation. And you know, Scott, they can make up, I mean, let's say you get $150,000 a year. You may be getting 50, 80, 100, $150,000 worth of these every year. So they mm -hmm. cannot be ignored. And it's interesting, if the non-employee spouse isn't sophisticated about this, they may not even know they're there. Yep, okay. that happens all the time. They Clients are, they, they don't even know, well, what are those? I've never heard of them before. And they're like, oh, these are $75,000 worth of my income. Right. And the other confusing thing is that you might look at your tax return and you may think, wow, you know, I'm making $70,000 a year as a school teacher. And my husband, he made, he brought $350,000 home in 2019. And the husband will say, well, wait though, my salary is only 150,000 or, you know, so, so um, the non-employee spouse gets very confused when it comes to child and spousal support because they think, well, wait, this guy's making $300,000 a year. Okay, so that's the stage. I, we, you as a mediator, me as a CDFA, we are walking into this context all the time. Wouldn't you say that's about right? Absolutely, yep. Okay, so, so what do we do? So let's start tackling some of these issues. Are these things property? Are they income available for support? So let's talk a little bit about what restricted stock units are. So you may get as part of your annual performance review and you did a good job, you're gonna get some restricted stock units. And let's, here's a typical vesting pattern. What do I mean by this? Is you may be awarded 100 RSUs of your company's stock, and perhaps they vest 
each year over four years. That's just what you, we have to look at the plan. Every company is different. So here's the confusing part. That's where I come in. Let's say the couple, uh, let's say, uh, we'll say the wife's the employee in this case. Let's say the wife was granted 100 uh, RSUs on January 1st, 2019. Couple separates on December 31st, 2019. Well, these are going to vest each year over years. And some of that is community property subject to 50-50 split. But the more we go out in time, the more as those vest, they become the wife's separate property. Okay. So it's a really, it's called a time rule formula. There's case law on this. The Nelson formula is what we commonly use, sometimes hug. But so what people need to understand is that if something has not vested yet, it cannot be sold. We cannot make money from something that is unvested. So typically what I recommend, if, especially if the couple can communicate, is that as these shares vest, year, two years, three years, the employee is required to transfer some of those shares of stock to the ex-spouse. Okay. Okay. So that's when they are property. Now, here's where we get even more complicated. Those shares that are not community property divided 50-50 are now separate property of the employee. That separate property of the employee, when these restricted stock units vest and show up on the employee's W-2, they show up on the tax return, that could be income available for the calculation of child and spousal support. Yep. So yeah. there we go. We've already, uh, we probably lost, you know, <laughs> on here. Right. You're probably thinking, what the heck? How do we sort this out? Exactly. And when you're staring at me, everybody, as your mediator, you know, I, I in law school, they did not teach you how to do these complex financial uh, calculations. So um, you when we're faced with these, like we said, this happens all the time. Uh, what do we do? Well, we call in Lori as a CDFA, Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. And she basically takes all the information, what was the value of it at the date of marriage, what, what you know, figures out, gets all the statements and uh, produces a report essentially that is somehow, Lori, I don't know how you do it, but your reports are in English. Like they make sense to <laughs> even people like myself um, and my clients always say that. They say, well, there's this, there's this uh, the math part of it, but then the summary is like, I actually understand what she's, talking about um, yeah. you must spend a lot of time breaking that down and thank you thank you for terms. i'm really glad you brought that up because i can you'll see in my reports i have a spreadsheet i do the actual calculations but what's so much more difficult and time consuming is not the calculation it's being able to communicate that calculation so everyone can understand and let's think about who is everyone it could be and it will be the mediator it will be both spouses it may be a consulting attorney that one or both spouses choose to use. It may be one or both spouses financial advisor who they work with. So when I'm writing a memo, although it's for an intended audience, 
I have to be prepared that they may share this. They may share with their stepfather. I don't know. So, so typically people want to know how much is this going to cost? So I'll tell you if, um, usually what I'll do is I'll have a zoom call and I'll have the employee log into their stock account. You know, that shows the vesting schedule, shows all the plan documents. We may be on that zoom call for an hour, hour and a half. I'm downloading, I'm asking them to download tons of stuff. It's not well organized. Let me tell you, go onto these websites. It's really a pain, it, I, you know? So, um, we have to down all of that and then I figure this out and then, and then I prepare a report and I usually say to people, a report is gonna take somewhere between three to six hours of my time to do the project. I've been able, if it's very few grants, maybe I can do two hours, but generally the sweet spot is three to six hours. That's a, that, I mean, that's a pretty incredible because I've seen your work um, and I mean, uh, the, really, we wanted to kind of highlight this specific example of RSUs in the context of divorce for people because it is such a huge part of so many people's uh, uh, separation and split and marital settlement agreement. And it's also something that very few people really have the expertise and understanding to help calculate. So when you're uh, uh, in, in the mediation, in litigation, you need to have, uh, you need to contact Lori you need to um, get that report issued because both parties then will feel confident that they are dividing the actual value of these agreements. And one thing, Glory, that I understand too that you do is that um, you'll actually, when, when there is a vesting schedule into the future, a lot of times you will meet with uh, you know, the clients on an annual basis to kind of look at the RSUs, what vested that year to make sure that the amount that was supposed to be transferred is kind of, you know, pursuant to the marital settlement agreement is in fact, you know, was correctly done. Right. And although the employee spouse may feel threatened that I'm involved, it's actually to the employee spouse's benefit that I'm involved because we don't want to double dip. We don't want to have some of those RSUs be treated as property that will be divided and then ding that person and say, oh, these same RSUs are showing up on your W-2 and your tax return and those are income. So it's actually counterintuitive, but it's the employee spouse's benefit to have me or a CDFA do this. And of course, it's to the non-employee's benefit as well because they're going to have a translator. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, it's really remarkable. So um, I want to thank, uh, Lori, what the, your website once again? Is theoptionslady.com. And she is the option for CDFA work. And uh, it, Now, do you work in, uh, throughout the country or in California? So um, for, throughout California for CDFA, for wealth management around the country. But what I typically do is because the state laws are so unique, especially with California, with our community property laws, is I do try to um, keep my CDFA work isolated to California, which is over 30 million people. So I yes. mean, if I'm gonna focus on one state, hey, I got the best state. <laughs> go. I gotta get New York too, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much, Lori. We really appreciate you um, uh, breaking this down for our, our uh, listeners. Thank you, happy to be here.